Let's bring in our next guest, a man that can help our producer, Sammy McKee, understand that the Leafs do not have to trade for Marc-Andre Fleury just yet. Okay. Mike McKenna, daily face-off hockey analyst, retired NHLer and every other conceivable professional hockey league on the face of the planet. <laughs> Mike McKenna. <laughs> How oh, are you always ya? leave me speechless. How are I'm ya? doing great. I appreciate that introduction. You know why? Because it's all true. I can't deny any of it. We love you for it. Okay. It's called experience. You think I can That's right. You think I can get Marty Brodeur on here and say the same thing? What's he, he done? Right? He's only done it at the best level. You've done it at every level. <laughs> Well, that makes you very at a very questionable, very questionable capacity at the <laughs> NHL level. But I did my best. <laughs> well, we were uh, talking goaltending throughout the show, and uh, Justin Bourne says everybody's save percentage is going down these days. What is going on overall? Before we get into Jack Campbell and even Mrazek and what's going on since uh, what December for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's your overall look of of where this position's going? I said, Mike, right from the get-go that the league has stacked the deck against them with all these changing rules and not handling the pucks and anymore. Uh, pick your face-off side. It's not – there's nothing built for goalies anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, they do everything that they can to try to increase scoring with the National Hockey League, and, and why wouldn't you? And – you know, what's always been funny about it is that so often it just relates back to, oh, the gear is too big. And, and no, it's the gear is what it needs to be. It's just that the goalies themselves have have gotten to be such great athletes and so scientific about their approach to the position that when you watch somebody like a, an Igor Shosturkin or a UC Saros and, or an Andre Vasilevsky and you just pay attention to the details of their game, how they move, their skating, it's so different than what it was even 10, 15 years ago. And that's the biggest reason why. So I like the cat and mouse. I, I want there to be goals. I don't want every game to be a shutout. I want entertaining hockey. People think the goalie union wants shutouts every game. That's not the case. All I want, and I think most goalies want, is we want people to have to earn their goals. And and that's what we're seeing. I mean, like, Shesterkin's playing at a crazy level, but there's some other goalies out there that, man, they're struggling this year. It's kind of all over the map throughout the NHL for me. The uh, big topic, obviously, here, Toronto, uh, Jack Campbell. Um, he wants a shout-out every game. He'd like a shout-out once <laughs> at some point. He's Since uh, the start of December, uh, he's, I believe the Toronto Maple Leafs' uh, tandem is 31st in the NHL in save percentage. Have you noticed Campbell playing different, looking any different, or is this just a bad run of play, which happens to all goaltenders? Well, you know, I think he went through that stretch, really, and I, I think – more so in December and January where to me, it just, he, he was trudging along a little bit, you know, where, especially in early January, mid January, where you learn and you think that over your career, the confidence isn't always going to be there. And at times you battle that. And you, sometimes you can overthink what you're doing in the net and you can start to really hone in on the way pucks have gone in in a game before. And you start to question yourself and, sometimes we get into that funk, you know, and I think it's happened even with Jordan Bennington in St. Louis, who was, by the way, was great last night against Philadelphia. I know they're not a great team, but uh, that was a big step for him. And 
you know, for Campbell, sometimes, and anybody else, you know, you need a big game or two to get you back into that groove. And I thought the game against Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago or a week ago was really kind of be, kind of going to be the catalyst for that. But then I watched the Leafs play the last two games, and I think, man, they're still really loose defensively. And, and I think that that's finally just caught up to Jack Campbell, that the team is loose. He was overachieving to start the year. And, guys, you've been in locker rooms before. You know that on visiting locker room boards, they have – things up there showing where pucks have gone in on goaltenders previously. And I think other teams have clued in a little bit on Jack Campbell. They know that he's vulnerable high glove above his pad blocker side. And even last night against Columbus, you saw the puck end up there quite often. So I think it's a combination of those things. I I still, when I watch Campbell, think he's in a good place, but he's just one or two saves shy a lot of the time. And I think he could do a better job finding the puck through traffic. We're talking to Mike McKenna, daily face-off hockey analyst. Uh, Earlier in the show, we were talking about, uh, hearing from Sheldon Keefe last night and talking about how he's uh, re they've recalibrated how the team wants to play and less stress on offensive play or, or puck play and more on team defense. Is that music to Jack's ears when you hear that? Can that really make a difference or is it just about you and the shooter when it comes to a goalie? It's nice to hear it. It's nice to know that that's a focus, but you hope that it happens sooner rather than later. Because, you know, I mean, the game against the game against St. Louis, how many times did you see Jordan Cairo going downhill towards the Maple Leaf net or Robert Thomas? And, you know, the, the, the Maple Leafs to me are giving up so many rush chances against, and we're not talking three on ones, two on ones, but it's just in motion towards the net, even in zone, everything's going downhill towards the net. There's an onus on the forwards. I think of the Maple Leafs to be able to slow other teams down neutral zone high in their own zone. They have got to start keeping players out to the perimeter. And, and I know that Labushkin is supposed to be a defender who can protect middle ice and be strong in front. Well, I mean, I saw him get roasted three times last night with bad gaps, with Brendan Gaunt's beating him with his foot speed. That would concern me. You know, in the back of my head as a goalie, I'm thinking this is the guy we brought in to be, brought in to be a shutdown D, and I don't like what I saw in front of me. And that kind of sticks with you. But you also have a long runway here. So I appreciate the verbiage. I would appreciate that the coach is making an effort to try to improve that aspect of the game. But I tell you what, when I see the Blues zip it between three different Toronto defenders – go from Pareko down to Perron to Sod on the back door, and you've got four Maple Leafs standing at the top of the circle you could throw a rug over, that's really concerning to me. Mike, you could probably explain this better than I can, um, but I I was looking into freeze rate on Money Puck the other day. Um, Jack Campbell is first in the NHL according to uh, expected puck freezes, uh, or sorry, (laughs) puck freezes above expected, which to me speaks to a goaltender who calms things down for his team a lot. Uh, can you tell me about that concept of a goalie who chooses to freeze the puck rather than sort of deflect it out into play? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting one that I keep track of as well. I'm just I'm glad you took a look at that because I've noticed that about Campbell this year as well. That like one, you need to trust your centerman that you're going to be good in the dot, but you right. also tend to have, you know, you tend to have a, a desire to really control the play yourself. That if you keep it moving in your zone you don't guarantee anything. And I think if you're a little bit hesitant about your team's ability to move the puck out of your zone, 
you'd rather just have that whistle and control it and go from there from a stationary perspective. And for me, that matters. And and you look at the top guys in the league at covering pucks, and a lot of them are the better goalies. I mean, Saros, Campbell, Markstrom. I know it's a silly thing to think of, like, hey, this guy covers the puck a lot. Well, you know what? It matters. If you trust your players around you that you can be strong in your D zone and you can also have players that will win your face-offs, I'd take that all day long other than as opposed to shoveling pucks to the corner. Because mm-hmm. the longer that puck spends time in your zone, you guys have played, you know how often it comes back down your throat. You don't want to see that. And sometimes covering that puck's your best option. The Leafs go through a long stretch here with uh, a ton of games. Sam, they haven't announced uh, who's starting against Minnesota yet, have they? No, sir. So uh, I, I leave that to you, Mike, uh, with, with Mrazic now getting back in the mix uh, Thursday against Minnesota. That's a big game against a big, heavy team. That is uh, going to be a huge challenge for you. With the with the struggles of, of Jack last night on a couple of goals, would you go back to him? Would you give it to Mrazic? Would you let them fight it out? How, how do you think? How do you see this thing playing out in the next week or so? Yeah, well, I'm I'm I would run back with Jack, and the reason being is that he has been the horse this year. And I th- I thought there was a time frame where you needed more Mrazic. You needed Mrazic to take a bit of load off of Jack Campbell, and you need Mrazic to start playing well. And I think at this point. I don't know when that turning point's going to be, if it happens at all, for Peter Morazic. I mean, he's had, out of, out of the nine starts he's had this year, seven of those have been, it haven't been where he needs it to be, straight up. He's allowed three or more goals in seven of those starts. And I think you got to run with Campbell at this point. And it kind of made me surprised that the Leafs went out and got Carter Hutton as insurance because Hutton basically hasn't played this year, and when he, when he has, it hasn't been well. So I don't think there's the Calvary coming in here. Like you've got Campbell and Mrazic, and I haven't liked Mrazic's game. I, I think Mrazic is is lacking details in his game. He's very flowy. He ends up off angle, and of course he makes big saves because he'll tend to, he has that tendency to move too far, end up outside of his paint. So I'd get back to Campbell. I know that the him being beat clean by the Blue Jackets isn't a good look on some of those goals. I do think he can do a better job of finding pucks through D. There's times where the speed of the game, when it comes at him at the rush, I think freezes him. And that's where he needs to work Mm -hmm. in practice is loosening up on those rush chances against keeping his eyes active, keeping his hands and his shoulders active and trying to find those pucks. And I think it would help him because I still think he's right at that edge. It's just that one or two more saves per game. I got to tell you, watching Peter Mrazek play, the description I would use is soup sandwich. He is a complete soup mm-hmm. sandwich in there. It is messy and everywhere, and it is just a complete different look. So when when I look around the league, we had a chat earlier in the show, Kipper and I, on whose goaltending you trust. You know, if you take Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning out of the equation, and you look at the top teams in the NHL, I mean, what goaltenders are you really confident in? You know, there's Vegas with Leonard. Uh, Calgary's Markstrom might be one, but Colorado, St. Louis and Biddington, you're not sure. Florida and Bobrovsky, you're not sure. Carolina and Anderson, like who do you trust going into the playoffs? Yeah, I love the I love the combination in Calgary with Markstrom and even Vladar, who I yeah. think has done a good job there. Um, I, I think they're just rock solid, and especially with Daryl Sutter in charge of that bench, it's a magic combination. I mean, eight shutouts so far this year for Markstrom. Like we're talking Kippersoft territory here at the mm-hmm. end of the season, and it's not by luck. He is carrying the mail there. Um, I love the Rangers combination with Shashirkin and Georgiev. I'm curious if Georgiev stays there. I think he will because the Rangers believe they have a chance uh, to go deep this year. I like Carolina. 
Um, but you rattle off a few teams that I'm worried about, and Florida's one of them because Spencer Knight has not had the year I expected out of him. I think they may be looking for some depth at the deadline. Um, Tampa Bay, I mean, if Vasilevsky, he can win everything, but can Brian Elliott carry him? He might. I don't know. I'm not as confident with that. And then in the West, I mean, I actually believe that Colorado has excellent goaltending. And I know people, there's been chatter that they've been looking for a number one or Mark Andre Fleury or any of that, of that category. But I think Kemper has been outstanding um, really the last several months, not just because of the team in front of him. Again, he has been good, but I think a big reason for that is because Pavel Francouz is back on the scene in Colorado and Kemper finally has a security blanket again. It's not all on him. And the best hockey that Kemper ever played in my eyes was in Arizona. And guess who was with him there? Auntie Ranta, mm-hmm. who's pushing Freddie Anderson in Carolina right now. So I like those combinations. But beyond that, you know, most teams kind of have one guy that is really the breadwinner there. You know, Dallas, I like their combination. Ottinger looks like the real deal, but I bet Holtby ends up getting traded because who knows if Dallas makes the makes a run. Holtby's got value. Minnesota has two good goalies. I don't know if they have a great goalie. Maybe they're going to look for someone at the deadline. I think it's pretty wide open here, guys. Teams will be sniffing, I think, right up until that moment where they got to pull the trigger on a goalie or just stand pat. Who needs a goalie, Mike, more, Edmonton or Washington? Edmonton. I I just don't think there's any way around this. Um, I still think there's time for... If, especially if Vanacek, if he finds his health in Washington and continues on the upper trajectory he's been on, I like him, but I don't love him. You know, I, I think Washington, I think Samsonov and Vanacek, they're not quite at that stage where you run the playoffs and you go. But Ovi is. But Ovi's win. ready. He's still and Ovi is. Career year. You I cannot know. leave those guys to Ovi. I know, and that's why it's so hard. But I think that with Edmonton, you don't know if Mike Smith can stay healthy. Stuart Skinner's the ultimate wild card. He's in the American League right now. And Koskinen, Koskinen, they don't think they can win with him. No matter what's said by players or coaches, you just you have that feeling. And I think Edmonton has to have a goaltender to do it. I think Washington still has a chance with the goalies that they have. I can't say the same for Edmonton. Before we let you go, wouldn't you just be dying to call up Doug Armstrong and get that Huso out of St. Louis? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure teams left and right, especially because he's a, you know, he's a pending UFA after this year. And what a conundrum for Doug Armstrong. You know, you've got this guy who's playing phenomenal and you want to retain that, but you got Jordan Bennington for another, I believe five years at 6 million bucks that you have to make that work. That's a tough spot for Armstrong, but Huso has really made a market for himself. He's played excellent this year. Well, we know you got to get going here. We always appreciate your time, Mike McKenna. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. Thanks for having me as always, guys. Thanks, Mike. Kind of pisses me off. Goalies are always like sound really intelligent. Does that piss you off? Yeah. I, I've sat in lots of locker rooms. I can tell you goalies do not always sound intelligent. Well, we had some strange ones in New York with Glenn Healy and, and Mike Richter. You know, yeah, they, that's a lot of talking. There is, you know, I hate to admit it, but there was some intelligence out of both of them. They're, they're an interesting breed. That's for sure. Yeah. And we got another one coming up. Every goalie we have on is good. Well, in fairness, if they come on once and they're not, they don't come back on. So we thin the herd yeah. pretty quick. Well, I mean, have we had a bad goalie? I'm trying to think. Or would I call him out if we did? Maybe. So does that mean that when we go to Darren Pang in a few few minutes here, he's like uh, our closer? He's like, yeah. 
It's late in the game. Mariano now. Rivera is in the pen right now. <laughs> These two no tendies. one, by the way, has ever compared Darren Pang and Mariano <laughs> Rivera in the history of sports. <laughs> it's different builds, different roles. Yes, definitely different builds. Borny, well, you know, I've never heard of soup sandwich before. Where'd you come up with that one? That, oh, that's, did you invent that? No, no, I didn't. I uh, I played with a couple of players that I have described as soup sandwiches. <laughs> really, it's a really yeah. good term. It's just I a, like it. It doesn't work. It's a mess. And, and to me, that's Mrazic. He's just uh, so there's the, the bread's there's, wet out there. What can I say? <laughs> what's it like? What's in the soup? I just think every a vegetable, couple of, couple of slices, and a of scoop of chicken noodle. <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys before we get to to Darren Pang? Uh, would you go back to Jack Campbell? Does does Mike McKenna have a, a point here? It's like, don't forget who this has been geared up for. Yeah, it's Jack Show. Can I ask you, can I do a quick twist on this yes, before, Panger? Yes, you can. Could you trade Jordan Biddington? Would that be possible? Yes. Would someone take six, five years at five, six? Not, not before March, uh, not till this offseason. Okay. Because, like... And you don't want to I'd do that. I'd rather pay Huso because you could pay Huso you, right now for four times. Doug Armstrong can't do five, that. Five, four times four. What he has to do, and we're going to talk to Darren Pang because Darren Pang uh, knows uh, the St. Louis Blues as well as anybody, and he can certainly talk about Huso and how he's put a wrench possibly in all of this. But my belief is that you have no choice, but you're going to carry these two guys right to the end, and if Huso absolutely runs away with this thing, and doesn't give the the net back to Bennington, then you're going to have to find some options for Bennington in the offseason. Yeah, but that's a long way to go here because yeah. we're talking about a guy that's played pretty darn well and last time I checked had Stanley Cup caliber. So, but just to go back to Campbell Mrazek, I think it's it's just Campbell now. Mrazek hasn't played well enough to earn their right. Well then, right? Then trade him. No, you just have to you have to just treat him as the is somebody going to take him? Let me no. tell you something. No one's taking him. That is, is as great as the moves with camp and bunting. You almost give it all back for sitting a $4 million goalie that you don't like. It's hard to, it's hard to dispute that. Well, you know, if you looked at the goalie market this offseason, the Mrazic contract, when it was signed, was viewed as a win. For who was available, who they got. It was like it was insurance for Campbell. You didn't know if Campbell could be a number one. And it was like, all right, this guy might be a 1B. You know, you didn't really look at it as a pure backup, I don't think, going into the season. Did you? The Mrazic was a pure backup? No, this was a 1-1-A. Yeah, Absolutely. And he's just been so bad. And I I still look at uh, Labushkin as a guy that can come in and maybe shore up a little bit of depth at you're a minimal. You're definitely less sure about him than... I'm not, I'm not sure about him. Yeah, but he... what I am sure is it was still huge, huge for Kyle Dubas to, to lose 2.5 million off of Richie. And I'm not sure if they, I'm not sure if they ever targeted Labushkin or not, or he was just part of that hole mm-hmm. to get rid of Nick Richie. But that's big when you consider that you may have Mrazic at 3-9 and you don't like him. Yeah. That's how, that, that makes Nick Ritchie, losing Nick Ritchie's contract, that much more valuable. 
I guess, can you replace Mrazek? Uh, anyway, we, we got Darren. Let's talk to Mr. Pang. Let's keep up with the goalie theme from Mike McKenna to Darren Pang. Panger, we were just uh, talking about the St. Louis Blues here, and uh, mm-hmm. there's there's a ton of goaltending controversies. I can't recall going into a back half of the season or even going into a Stanley Cup with so many favorable teams to win it all still having questions on in, in that well but you know what there there are a lot of teams that have unproven goaltending to go four rounds of the playoffs for sure uh kipper um the top teams in the west i mean darcy kemper's never been in that position and robin leonard's never been there and um so yeah i mean cam talbot hasn't as well if you look at those three and then the blues have you know one goaltender that has so um boy he played well last night kipper um and Justin, uh, he he went back into Philadelphia after 1,143 days since they uh, since the boys went to that bar outside of Philly and watched the the Eagles and the and the Bears play and Gloria played between periods. So it's been 1,143 days, and he goes back there, and sure enough, uh, Chief plays him, and he play, and he played really well. So I, I I had an interview with him after the game, and um, he was very. Um, and very professional and very humble. Um, and I, I think this might be the time sitting out for, for Jordan Bennington, you know, might've been the time to do a little reflecting and, and, and getting back to, you know, that, that kid that just wanted a chance to play. And when you got a chance, you got to take advantage of it. But he, uh, he, he was ultra calm and ultra professional after that game last night. So he makes 23 saves on 24 shots. He's got a Stanley Cup with him and a long-term contract. Yet the other guy is playing just so well in St. Louis. Billy Huso making it difficult every night to decide who should get the crease. Where are they at with their goaltending situation and who's going to be the guy for them? I mean, gosh, they're not going to get rid of a guy like Huso at the deadline. He's played so well. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I would absolutely not think so. Uh, You know, they... They they've been waiting to give Billy Huso an opportunity. Um, you know, I mean, he was the goalie that was supposed to get recalled in 2019. It wasn't even supposed to be Jordan Binnington. It was Huso was next in line. Huso was their their next prospect. Uh, every training camp we came in, and all eyes were on Billy Huso, the Finn, the young the young Finn that played with the World Junior Championship team, the calm, cool, and collected goaltender. But he was hurt at that time, and that was the opportunity for Binnington. So. Um, you know, I, I listen. One coach can make this happen. You know, there are a lot of coaches that have a hard time. You know, with with different personalities, and but 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 Chief doesn't. I, I mean, I've I've not seen a guy and and Kipper. I know you know you both probably know Chief real well, but he has a rare ability to keep everybody in line and to make everybody feel like they're such a big part of the team. So. You know, I know last night, I'm sure they all had their fingers crossed saying, oh, my goodness, Benny, have a good one, you know, <laughs> have a great game so we can just knock this out of the park and get things moving along here. But Craig Berube um, goes to bat for his veteran players. He certainly goes to bat for the guys that have won him a Stanley Cup ring and a Stan- and put your name on the Stanley Cup. So, you know, they're doing everything they can to get Jordan Bennington going. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, Billy Huso's a good goalie. He's, he's got... He's he's got all the all the fundamentals. He's got the calmness. He's got the swagger in the net. Um, he's uh, very poised and um, and he's had a great start to it. But we all know that 
there's a lot of games left and you know it's it's not an easy ride to continue it on so you're going to need both guys so um I don't know if there's a controversy or not. I know that Billy Huso has just been the best goaltender for the Blues this year, but it doesn't mean that Jordan Binney can't win that back just like he, the way that he played last night. Is he just another goalie that needed seven or eight, nine years to figure it That's out? That's all, just seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, you mean Billy? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what, Kippers? Some of us aren't the sharpest tool in the box. You know, you <laughs> we gotta... mentioned that. Yeah, 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 and you know that. We, we've hung around together. Um, um, he, uh, I don't know, uh, really, he, he didn't really, for me, he didn't really take over the, you know, the American hockey league net wasn't really available for him. Kipper, the, the blues. And I think Doug Armstrong would be the first to admit during that time, the blues were in a bit of trouble in developing players, let alone goaltenders. They didn't have their own farm team. Like they, they shared everywhere. They they sold the Peoria Rivermen when Tom Stillman and his group took over. I think a year and a half later, two years later, they sold that franchise. So that franchise went elsewhere, and the Blues were sharing team. They're sharing. Uh, they were sharing. Uh, boy, where were they sharing? In uh, uh, San Antonio, they shared. Chicago, they shared. Uh, you know, so th- there was no place to have a number one goalie. At one point, Billy Husso was playing in the East coast hockey league uh, in Kansas city, I believe. And, you know, couldn't find a spot. So I think, you know, maybe he wasn't as dialed in and then didn't take over the net in the minors. Um, but I don't think he was given an, an, a really good opportunity either um, with the blues, not having their own team. So I think it was part and parcel. And at that particular po- uh, point, Jordan Bennington at one point was in Chicago. Then Billy Huso was the next guy. So they gave Billy Huso that part of the net. And then they told Jordan Bennington that he was going to go to the East Coast Hockey League. And Jordan Bennington and his agent, uh, Mike Liute, uh, went to the Blues and said, we're not going to the East Coast Hockey League. He's been, in, he's been a five-year you know, right. my, a pro. And that's when they, sh- they shipped him off to Providence. And, and the Bruins actually said, hey, we'll take him. And you know what? Well, let's trade for him. And luckily, the 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 blues actually held on to him and said, no, we're not going to move him." But if he can play in Providence, that'd be great. He was an all-star. And then, then the rest of the way he came up with the, with the, with the blues. So it's quite a story to be, to be quite frank with you all the way around. Yeah. Crazy how it ended up working out. And obviously you've had your eye on um, that goaltending situation and, and that team closely. So you've seen quite a bit of the Leafs next opponent, the Minnesota wild, um, you know, surprisingly effective team. Cam Talbot's been pretty good. They, they've got some goaltending. Where do you think the Minnesota Wild rank among legitimate cup contenders? What are the Leafs for, uh, in for tomorrow night? Oh, they're in for a hard game. That's that's what they're in for. I mean, the Minnesota Wild. I'm I'm a I'm a favorable Minnesota Wild fan. I I I, I like the way that they I like the way that they play. I think they've got a hard matchup team. They've got a, a a line of of redwood trees there. With I mean, when you when you look at when, whenever they get that uh, that Felino and Erickson Eck and that Jordan Greenway, whenever they're all healthy and together on the line, that is a mitfall. Um, they uh, they've got such great chemistry up front. Obviously, Zuccarella uh, and and uh, and Kaprizov have been great. And and they, I mean, I guess if I if I can look at one area with the with the Minnesota Wild, I mean. And he's had a phenomenal season, and that's Ryan Hartman. I mean, in the playoffs, going four rounds, is he a, is he a number one guy? 
I'm, I'm going to tell you, he's changed his game around. He's, uh, he doesn't do a lot after the whistle anymore. He used to always try to get things all stirred up, and he was always in the face of the opposition. But he's playing some good hockey right now. He's on the power plays, on the penalty kill. Um, so how are they to play against? They're structured. They play hard. Uh, they're de-moved the puck up the ice quite well. And, um, and they believe in one another. So I, I, I would say uh, buckle up, put your work boots on. Otherwise, uh, you're, you're going to walk away from that game and, and you're going to be pounded on. That's just my opinion. I, I like Minnesota and I like the way they play. If we stay in the Western Conference, uh, we got to give some love to the Calgary Flames, a 10-game winning streak. And uh, does, does Markstrom make them legitimate uh, contenders? Yes, yes, he does for sure. Um, yes, he does. I love the way they're playing too, Kipper. Again, a straight line attack. It's uh, you know they're they're very disciplined. They back check real real hard. They're all they've all bought in. And I know that phrase gets probably overused, but man, if, if you if you don't have buy in, you, you don't have anything. They they go into every game thinking they're they're you know they're going to win. And if they're down two to one. You know, late in the third period, they still believe that they're going to win. They're going to pull the goalie, and they're going to tie the game 2-2, and then they're going to win it 3-2. to So um, Markstrom's obviously a very, very good goaltender, but I believe that the key to the success of the Calgary Flames is the backside pressure. Uh, even if you get a three-on-two, you're going through the neutral zone, you come in, you slow down a little bit, they're coming back hard, and you're going to get checked. And even if you get one good scoring chance, they're going to come back, and they're going to fill the house and take care of any rebounds. So the goalie has to take care of one, and then it's uh, it's all taken care of. Uh, that's another team that's uh, they're on a mission right now, and uh, I, I know people might not think they they're contenders, and I know maybe I know I know Daryl real well, and he coached me to an IHL championship way back in the day, and he was actually my captain for a short amount of time when I was with the Blackhawks, and then he was an assistant coach. And I'm I'm not saying that that's you know a guy a little bit, so you think well that's you know he's got it all together. I'm just telling you that. That team is together, and they're doing something real special right now. Panger, tonight you're uh, in Arizona, I believe, covering uh, Kings-Coyotes. How is a uh, prep going for, for that game? What's interesting in that matchup? What, what hole are you on? Yeah, that's a better question. Well, it's, I, I come here to Arizona, Kipper, and it's raining. It's raining. It's raining. Oh, <laughs> it's raining. No. raining. So you got a wetsuit? That never happens. I know, I know. I've, I've been wet before on the golf course, but I actually flew in. I did a game last night, the, the you know, the... Uh, the Blues played uh, Philadelphia, so I did that game. I flew in this morning, so um, not a whole lot going on today. It's a bit of a later game, and we all know that the you know the Arizona Coyotes. We all know what they're doing, and and uh, you know the tank is being emptied, but they are getting great goaltending. I did a game here about what a month and a half ago when the Maple Leafs were in town, and Austin Matthews returned here, and sure enough, that Vemelka, uh, uh, the goaltender, uh, put on a show and. Beat uh, beat Toronto two to one. So um, LA's LA's in the playoffs right now. So these are important points for them. And uh, and so if not for the goaltending of Arizona, though they've let's face it, this is a this is a, a really a, a bit of a shell of an NHL team at this particular point. Just one more before I let you go, and we'll stick with the LA theme here and and the pressure of uh, of Rob Blake to get these guys in the playoffs. Uh, we mm-hmm. know how Drew Doughty feels about it. He wants more help. Uh, some some names being linked to them, including Chikrin. Do you see a, a splash coming out of LA? I do. I do see a splash, and I think you know. I think this is something I learned uh, being with uh, the Blues and listening to Doug Armstrong talk. I mean, Doug Armstrong always went into the the trade deadline 
watching the games, you know, beforehand and finding out what the spirit's like on your team. And I remember one year the the Blues were one point away from a playoff spot. They were in Minnesota, and there was about six games leading up to it, and they were just not – they were not competing. They were losing games that they should have won, and Army traded uh, Stastny to the Winnipeg Jets and got assets for them. Uh, Blues missed the playoffs by one point, but he's he's like, you guys aren't even – you know, you're not showing me that you're you're playing together. Um, well, right now, what I'm seeing with LA is they are playing together. Uh, there is some spirit. I know they were trailing uh, by two goals in the third period against Arizona in the last one, and they came back and won that game. Dowdy had a couple of goals. Listen, I they I think they're going to be some additions there. They've got some assets. They've got some they've got some picks. They've got some players. They've got some young assets that they can make a deal for. So I believe that there's going to be some help. Uh, for him. I think filling up that left D position will be uh, an important part of it, certainly for uh, for them. And um, I know that uh, they got two games in a row that they can watch Jacob Chikrin, but I don't think it, I'm not sure if it's fair to be watching Jacob Chikrin right now. Last year was a different year and he played different. He was in a different position under the way that uh, the coaching staff was. And he got a lot of ozone stuff, ozone face-offs, power play stuff. And this year he became kind of the he was going to be the defender with Anton Stallman, and, and that's not really his strength. His strength is on the offensive side of the puck, so I'm not sure if he's ideally the one for the LA Kings, but I do know he's a good kid. He works hard, and he's a good all. He's a he really is a good all round player. God, Panger, you're just bringing it to the people today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kipper, that's what you got to do. You, you and I worked the Olympics where we walked to Tim Hortons every day with Bob McKenzie. We said to ourselves, "We got to bring it to the people today again, again, and again." God, who says you're on the back nine of your career? <laughs> well, hopefully. Oh, well, Phil Nicholson <laughs> surely on his back. On the oh, geez, we, don't, we need another two-hour show. He's in the clubhouse. To talk about Phil. <laughs> Panger, have fun in Arizona. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Justin and Kipper, my pleasure, guys. Have a great one. See you ya. Too. Well, what do you think? Flames are real. Flames are a real deal. Ten straight wins. My Lord. I mean, I, they're better than Vegas. They are. See, and that's I like the Kings. That's, uh, you do, eh? I, I think I've watched, maybe I've probably watched four or five games of them this so far this year. I like when they're on late, just before, watch first couple periods before bed. I, I, they got, they're building something there. Like, you know, they've got the kind of the old guard still there. They've got the Kopitars. They've got the Brown. You know, Doughty, I don't think is part of the old guard. He's still really good, but. They're they're bringing up these kids. That Kempe flies around. I really like what I've seen from Byfield. They got uh, maybe Borny's boy there, Trevor Moore. He looks good. Like Dursey, I love. I really think that they've kind of done a great job of bridging the gap from the old guard to the new guard. They've got one of the best prospect pools in in the in the league. Which which sets up and they got the good, a, a, a Jacob Chikrin trade. I, honestly, it feels like a really you know natural fit to put him in there. Because they're an up-and-coming team. He's under contract for a few years. They can they can give some of their finest meats and cheeses away to get him. They got a, a, a Turcotte prospect that yeah. they can dangle. And and they and they even got the goalie behind behind Quick for when Quick's done. They got the, you know, the, yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Kings guy. I love those silver buckets. They, they, I, I'm a really big fan. full of promise. Full of, full of promise. But, but you know, you, they're they, in a playoff spot right now. Yeah, but, you know, you're talking about the bridge. They have the old guard and the new guard. That old guard eventually is not a stable side of the bridge anymore. And so to me, I would rather you just let that those young guys come along. Like, I don't think you need to rush the Kings. I think Chikrin can actually fit with them just because he's not an old Agreed. guy by any means. But He fits the timeline. Yeah, he does. But, I, you know, the Kings still to me are, they are 
good for them for getting out of the basement. Fringe playoff team now. For sure. I don't see the talent there that I'm like, that is a contender in the next few years. They're building towards something. All right. Quick, okay. still at a high level as well. That's been total shocker. What yeah. else do we got? We got uh, Zidane Chara tied with Chris Chelios in career games. That is remarkable. That, that number is off the charts. 1651. I fizzed, I, I, I fizzed out around 435. I got into an exhibition regular season game once. Or sorry, exhibition game once in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> How was the lineup? <laughs> it was not, it was not, you know how it is like in training camp when they give the game to the guys who are not real guys like myself. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I played too many NHL players, but got to wear the jersey anyway. Do you envision him going to Lou? I'll go somewhere else and try to win again. He's tried it on a couple occasions, and I just don't know if he's got it in him to pack up and go live in a hotel again. Oh, I think he'd do it. You do, eh? Guys, he just wants to win. He's a player. You don't play 1,651. Just, you know Chris Chelios, the guy he's tied with right now? That guy yeah. played till he was 47 in the minors. I know. So, like, these guys are weird obsessed but with the game. But it didn't, didn't bold well in Washington. And this was the year. I, did we not did we not think that the Islanders were going to compete for a Stanley Cup this year? That was the plan. I think they were, uh, in many sports books, the yes. favorites to win the Metro Division going into this year. So this is not what Zidane Ochara signed up for. So if he is uh, you know, interested in winning that Stanley Cup, would, would you I, mind him on a third I, pair? I had heard the last few years he wouldn't consider coming to Canada. But... Last few years in Canada have not been awesome. If, let me tell you. If the Leafs <laughs> were interested no. in him, would you, would you no. take him? Or would you say it's just... It's past. I. It's not even about the skill level. It's not. It's just no. <laughs> I just don't. I, I'm not. I'm sorry. I, what? I it's not about him as a player. It's not. We, about we him just as said Mark Andre Fleury would play for Washington. You, you wouldn't have. Hey. You know, sometimes no, in life, thank you. Beggars can't be choosers. And guess what? You are. I, it's not even a begging. I'm begging <laughs> for that not to happen. I might have to. Like I, I might have to delete my Twitter account if Zidane Chara became a Leaf. I've got too many. Tweets about him having a no, different, no, no. Please different tell rule me, book. Please tell me you don't want Chara in a Leaf uniform because you think he can't help. Not because he he, he was crushed to you your team like a, <laughs> one of your potato <laughs> chips in your couch. No, I I that's the reason. I don't want him in the Leafs. I, I it's just that's not something a bad reason. Awful reason for it's sure. Hey, hey, I'm not arguing. It's a good reason. That's I why just don't want to see it. You're the ultimate super <laughs> Leaf fan right there. But you really think that. Like, you think from a hockey level he'd help? I don't know if he'd help. No idea. I, I don't think he helps at this point. It hasn't been pretty this season, I can tell you that. Give me a team, guys, before we, we leave that um, still thinks that they're in it, but they should start bailing now. The Orlando Solar Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Avery. Yeah. So what's the deal? I'm not really following this. Nor Did, should he be. signed a contract? Yeah, he's on the reserve list, I guess, now. I, I, I know Sean's... Younger than me. I think he's but early how 40s, much? probably. He's 41. He's not old. Oh, yeah. All right. I got to ask you a question. As two guys who play. Nice, pu- I, nice I, publicity. Well. We're already talking that, about that's him. That's literally what we're doing so, here for him. So, but here's the point. Well, and Orlando, they're not dumb either. No. You're what? right. That's, a, I mean, like, I kind of feel if I'm a guy in that league, I am disgusted by this. I was thinking if I, I would like to take my or piece you're, off you're, of him, you too. Know, 
Fast you're lane. also sitting there going, no one's talking about our team anyways. Or I think you're, you're going, this, this isn't a joke to me. Like exactly. I'm trying this to get to life. the NHL. I'm grinding. Yeah. You don't think the tough guy in that league's immediately going after him first game? The toughest guy, like the toughest guy in the other team. I bet going you Avery takes, takes a 10-game suspension at some point because someone will run him and Avery's gonna get, not going to take that and he's just going to spear he, him he, in the is neck. He, is he in good shape? He says he's skated six times in the past 10 I've years. I've watched, <laughs> there's some nights I've watched one of 32 teams going, can I get out there for a bit? <laughs> I, I think I could do better than that. I, I'm an Avery defender. Oh, he played for the he played for the Platers, my hometown team. My grandfather's least favorite player of all time. I used to love him, but uh, yeah, big Avery guy over here because of his own sound connections. But that's my only reason. The guy who has a restraining order against his mother-in-law. That's the guy you're, yeah. you're going to bat yeah, for. Yeah, I I love the guy the who most. wants so, to play for Tampa Bay. Does, so he, he, does he want back in at age 41? No way. Or does it end here? He says in his you know, please give me attention stuff that he wants to walk into an NHL training camp next year. And, and he wants to start his comeback is what he's saying, which I feel we shouldn't even have talked about this. I know. Now I that you're saying that it feels dirty. Yeah. Let's move on. I don't know. Well, let's just sit in silence for the next. Repent what we just talked about. <laughs> I thought he punishment. was going into acting. He wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, what's that big movie? The the backwards Acting movie. Acting like an what? The backwards movie that Christopher Nolan did, Tenant, where everything oh. was like in back. They were going all going backwards. Uh, I, it was a that big, is a very big. It was a the movie I'm familiar with. He was in seen. that. Oh, was he? He was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a an actor or is yeah. Like he barely had like a role. You you're gonna give me a legitimate team that should be selling right okay. now, even though they think they're in it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Was I? Was um, Yes, okay. a team that should. Uh, well, I'd like to say the Rangers because I'll, I'm I'll throw guy. three at you. Okay, let, let's have it. Dallas, Winnipeg, Nashville. Central Division should fold except for Minnesota, St. Louis, and Colorado. Anaheim, Anaheim, Anaheim. Good one. Manson, Anaheim. Anaheim will. They'll sell like one piece. I don't think they're going to sell a Man- lot more. Josh Manson, the Leafs no, fantasy like is now available. Raquel. I like they'll him. sell him. I like him. And they'll keep the rest. I heard Lindholm now uh, negotiating a new deal. Yes. And Dallas. Yeah. What do you do? I guess they trade a Holt beat. Klingberg. You know who's getting the most calls there? Pavelski. Ooh. That's a nice playoff piece. He's got a bajillion goals. Yeah. I hear Colorado might be interested in Pavelski. Wow. All right. Our thanks to Billy Guerin, Mike McKenna, Darren Pang. Right back at you tomorrow. Rating and reviews. Let us know how you feel on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Have a great night, everybody.